0: Welcome to Dollars and Cents, Creating Your Fulfilled Life with Nicole Romito from Private Vista. In this podcast, we draw from years of experience as well as guest specialists to help you create the life you imagine. Join us in this journey as we enlighten and empower you to align your lifestyle to help you achieve your goals with a clear picture of your future. Now, let's get to the
1: show. Hello and welcome to Dollars and Cents with your host, Nicole Romito. Nicole, what's going on?
2: Uh, I'm just having such a great day here. Um, super excited for uh, my colleague who's going to be joining us today and is in the studio with me.
1: Oh, that's exciting. I'm glad you're back from your tour with Van Halen. I know it was a wonderful trip. And I'm just kidding. I know that you... We, we haven't been able to get that off the bucket list yet, have we?
2: No. I still no. want to be able to play drums with them one day. Fantastic.
1: I would buy tickets, um, oh, but you. oh, you're welcome. Yeah, no, great show. Now, speaking of great show, you've got somebody in studio virtually today uh, with you, and and you're going to discuss something very important. And what is that?
2: Yes, um I have my colleague Mary Beth McLean with me today, and she is going to share um, kind of how Private Vista approaches family wealth planning and having mm-hmm. some discussions with the next generation.
1: Ooh, that's tough. That's that's going to be fun.
2: It is. And I will tell you, Mary Beth has such a nice way about her that I couldn't think of a more perfect guest to have on to be able to have this conversation successfully with your loved ones.
1: Fantastic. Thanks for letting me be a part of it. Take it away.
2: Great. Well, before we get into our topic today, I want to share a little bit about Mary Beth with our listeners. Mary Beth McLean is a certified financial planner and also has her MBA from Northwestern University. She has spent her entire career in financial services. Uh, She loves what she does, and she thinks of herself as a financial caregiver. In fact, she considered a career in nursing, but realized she did not have the patience, pun intended, for it. She devotes much of her current practice to working with women who are often in transition so they can take control of their financial matters. The most satisfying part of this profession for Mary Beth is to watch her clients become more empowered. Uh, She helps her clients conceive their future, relieve or reduce their fears and achieve their dreams. Uh, Mary Beth, I wanna welcome you to uh, today's podcast. I'm really excited to be here with you today. Before we begin, I just shared a little bit about how you spend your time professionally. Would you please share with our audience um, how you enjoy spending your time when you're not working so hard on
3: your client's behalf? Sure, thank you. And it's nice to be with you and Eric today. I am married to a wonderful guy by the name of Hugh. And I have two terrific adult children now, and they both live in the city of Chicago. I live in Elmhurst, Illinois, and I am also the grandmother to a darling uh, two-year-old little boy named Richie. And we like to golf. We like to exercise. We like to stay healthy. And above all, we like to travel and be with friends and family, just living life well. Well, that's
2: great. And I know I am uh, very grateful that I've had the experience to meet your family firsthand. Uh, and it's certainly a fun and loving group of people. So I can understand why you enjoy spending so much time with them. So thanks for sharing a little bit about you and your family. Why don't we go ahead and dive in and talk about, you know, when you're talking to clients and they're trying to figure out, You know their legacy and how do they plan for their wealth and have some of these conversations with the family and the next generation. Maybe start us off and talk to our listeners a little bit about what is family wealth planning and why is it so important?
3: Well, I think it's, first of all, what family wealth planning is, is making sure that the assets that you have worked so hard to accumulate over your life's work go to the places that you want them to go. We never like to think about our own uh, demise, but it is inevitable someday. And we need to understand that your money or your assets will go to one of three places. They will either go to taxes via estate taxes, or they will go to charity, or they can go to your children. So each of those three buckets are things that you need to consider in terms of, how you look at your assets and what you want them to do after you're no longer with your children um, and making sure that they understand that the assets for charity that you're designating are doing what you would like to do. So I think that what I always say with my clients is, you know, as we start this conversation, I always start with them first. And it's basically those same words that I just used to explain what family wealth planning is, is the same thing that I would say to them. And it's not an easy conversation. So it is something that takes time. So as you think about your assets and not being here, which I know, again, a difficult topic to contemplate, but what is it that you want them to do? And doing that now is such a gift to your children because you make it very clear how you want them to live after you're no longer around. I agree. I think there's no, nothing more
2: powerful than hearing it from the horse's mouth, or to put it a little nicer, from the parent's mouth, right? Right. So there's no um, potential misunderstandings or, you know, if you have more than one child or more than one grandchild miss, um uh, misinterpretation of if they're just reading
3: words on the page. Well, and the other thing too, as I know, Nicole, you've experienced this as well, is if you don't have these discussions prior to your death, they are very difficult for kids to be surprised by. And, you know, like you mentioned, if there's multiple siblings in a family, and even, you know, blended marriages after the, you know, that's also something to consider. But it's better to have those conversations before you pass away, as opposed to after you pass away. And the other thing that frequently happens is, if you don't have those conversations, with you or your spouse to understand how you want your assets to be distributed after your death. You need to do that for yourself and you need to do that for your kids because if you leave without having those plans, they may up in they may end up rather in instances where you don't want that to happen. And so you have no control. By doing this in advance, you get to plan and you control it accordingly. And I think that again, not easy subjects to discuss or to address, but very, very vital to do that. I agree. I agree. And I know we've
2: both had clients say, well, you know, all the four kids all get along. It'll be fine. And we have found, um, I don't know if you if you want to share an example or maybe some ideas of at least what what we've seen is if you have more than one kid, oftentimes they themselves when we're talking about adult adult children have different financial um, situations maybe different goals or different values or priorities around their money and maybe you want to share some tips or ideas of how having the conversation could maybe alleviate some unintended negative consequences
3: once both mom and dad are gone i agree 100 percent as you mentioned, if you are from a family with multiple siblings, everybody takes a different path. And so those paths lead to different um, financial outcomes based on what they chose for their profession. So it might be that if you have a child, for example, that became a minister and you want to be able to help them because he may or she may not make as much money over the course of their lifetime as the child who becomes an orthopedic surgeon. So those conversations and that disparity in financial um, assets between your children will come back and they need to be addressed again beforehand, because is it fair? And I put that in quotations because, you know, Nicole, you and I have talked about that you don't use that effort, but it should always be equitable. Right. And so if, if it's more equitable in your mind to support the minister by giving them a greater portion of the assets it's just better for the other children to understand what you need what you wanted to happen and also how you want to divide it between them even though it may not be fair from a dollar perspective yeah and i think you
2: know your your kids could surprise you and and in a positive way where, the, and to use your example, the child who's an orthopedic surgeon might say, you know what, mom and dad, we're, we're going to be okay. We've got college funded. We're going to be fine. I would rather have my share or anything you were thinking of directed towards me to go to my sibling who is the minister, right? Right. And so this way you're having the conversation ahead of time, you know that that child is still going to, they're going to feel they were treated equitably. And then also too, you can update your documents because they're, this way you could maybe avoid some unintended, um, you know, gift tax consequences
3: or things like that in the future. Absolutely. You know, I always say to the younger couples with whom I work that you need to have an estate plan, not because you may have a lot of assets, but because especially if you're the parent of small children, you need to have, you know, the, the, for whatever assets that you do have, you need to assign, you know, a trustee that you actually believe will execute your, well, they're obligated to do that, but will Mm -hmm. carry out your wishes. You know, if you have small children, who do you want the guardian of those children to be and you, do you want to separate both the parental responsibilities of raising those kids versus the financial responsibilities of providing the income and assets necessary as they grow? You know, if you've got a three or four-year-old and something tragically happens to both of you and they still need braces, that should come from the assets that have been accumulated by you. And then as time progresses you know those children grow up and they might now be young adults but they are they able in terms of both their time and temperament to be your trustee and how do you want the assets to be provided to them you can you can control a lot from the grave i have some clients who say you know what they all get it when they're 25 i have other clients who have said some at 25 some at 35, and then the balance maybe at 45, because if you're not quite sure how these children, and especially when they're young, is how they're going to be in terms of responsible financial adults, you may not want to give them all that that money all at once
2: and that's a great point so you're right if you're you know maybe you're at the starting of doing some family wealth planning you don't your your kids are not um fully formed adults if you will how can you have these conversations but without maybe putting any numbers to the page mary beth because oftentimes we'll hear clients say well i don't want to disincentivize my kids I, I educated them. They're smart. They're ambitious, and I don't, you know, I don't want to kind of reduce or eliminate any of that.
3: That's a that is a primary concern with a lot of clients, and you're absolutely right. You can have a conversation with your children that doesn't center around the numbers. It just says, "I am now at a point in my life where I want you to understand." what we want to do with the money that we have accumulated. And you can start to say things. And again, if you've already had the conversation with your financial advisor, like you or me, you can kind of start to frame the conversation for your kids and as you have done, as I have done, we actually participate in those conversations if the client wishes us to do that. So sometimes having an objective person in the room that is not emotionally attached to all of the people in the room is a good way to kind of just keep it focused on the issues at hand, which is how do I want these assets to be divided? And then the other thing to do, I think, is to have it in a neutral place at a time that doesn't include a holiday, doesn't include a milestone celebration, or somebody's birthday, because it should be focused. Those events are family time and should be creating warm, you know, wonderful memories. It shouldn't be about anything regarding money or assets. So I always say, use our conference room. And if you want us to participate, that's great but do it at a time where it's going to be the primary topic of discussion and not kind of an ancillary you know topic that came up after you were all at a party for example i think that doing that it keeps it much more objective which is good and it also provides the ability for them to ask questions if we participate that doesn't mean that the parent can't answer them, but you can have a lot of meaningful discussions about what to do with your assets that have nothing to do with what those numbers look like. And these conversations, by the way, happen to be necessary if you have, you know, 500,000, 5 million, 15 million, or 50 million. All of your assets need to be accounted for as how you want them to go. And your spouse, by the way, these conversations should happen after you and your spouse have a general understanding about what you want your assets to do.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And maybe can you, um, uh, That's a, that kind of brought to my mind when you're talking about with the spouse and I 100% agree that the family meeting or the conversation should be an event in itself so because of what you highlighted, then the you can have your warm, fuzzy memories about the 50th wedding anniversary or grandma's 100th birthday. But also, too, I think it really imparts to the the next generations how important this is and that mom and dad are taking it seriously. Can you maybe share, um, you know, if you're doing this, so let's say um, uh, you have clients who and they're like, yeah, Mary Beth, I'd love for you to to help coach us on how to do this and have the meeting. In in your experience or from
3: your perspective, is this a one and done type of conversation? No, this is ever evolving. That's a great question. And it's hard to even broach this subject. And it's harder to think that I'm going to have to continue to have conversations like this. But, you know, life, I you know, I have a great Irish mother and she used to say life is what happens when you plan other things. So you can set up everything and then perhaps maybe a spouse or a sibling experiences, you know, something, um, you know, a, a disability or an accident of some sort, and now you have to take care of them as well. So this should be an ongoing discussion about how to take care of family how to take care of each other with the assets that they have. And it could also be that, again, as life evolves, that you might have a special charity because a friend passed away or now one of your grandchildren might have developed a disability and you want to support those causes as well. So this is not a one-and-done conversation and should ever be evolving. And I know that we bring it up when we have a client meeting about, what do you want your assets to do? Now, I don't necessarily have that conversation as frequently with maybe a 35 or a 40-year-old as I would for somebody that's like 55 to 65. Because as we get older, as we know, those the estate planning is is very, very critical. And the at the level of assets is generally higher. That doesn't diminish the importance of, even if it's a small amount that you have these conversations. But certainly... As people age, it should be part of the conversation at least annually with your advisor and maybe even more frequently with your kids. The other thing that you can do is get their input and maybe depending on the level of assets, you know, you might establish what we call a donor advice fund where you make a donation into this fund and then you can write checks to various charities. Um, You might want to establish a foundation where perhaps your children are directing the assets and making decisions about how to disperse assets and get involved at a a pretty high level, you know, as to how those assets will support various causes. There's advantages and disadvantages of both of those, but those are, that's a 50,000 foot view of just some of the kind of estate planning tools that are out there for people that. Again, making sure that their assets are doing what they want them to do after they're gone. I love that,
2: and I, I love that you brought up the the charitable component because that's such a, I think, such a nice soft way to bring this up and start to involve your kids and grandkids um, in, you know, thinking outside of yourself, right, and your own little bubble. Um, but I think that can facilitate a lot of nice family conversations about, oh, Mary, share with me, you know, why did you pick that particular um, organization to support, right? And it'll exactly. allow the family to even get to learn something, either something new about one another, or you get to dive a little deeper.
3: Well, and it reflects what people are interested in in terms of their own passions. So, I know that you're involved in girls in the game, and you know we do several charities. We believe strongly in education. they're They're all great causes, and you just there's something that is going to really uh, ring true to you and something that is going to want you to participate more fully in supporting that cause. And so having those, and it doesn't have to be you know all or none. It could be four. If you've got a family of four and they all have dif- diverse interests and they might want to say, okay, this is what I'm interested in. I'm interested in making sure you know, that we help Greenpeace because I'm very, very concerned about the environment or great-grandmother died of cancer and I really want to make sure that this doesn't recur. So all of those things can happen. They don't have to be mutually exclusive, but that's why bringing the family together is really a good way and you're going to feel good doing it. So exactly. not exactly. Not not only are you working together to cooperate, but you're also making the world a better place, and that's always a great feeling, no matter how you're doing it.
2: It is, and you know, you talk about leaving a legacy for your family. That's such a great way to do it. Um, you're putting your stamp on it, and you're helping helping others uh, in areas that uh, are not as fortunate, or like you said, trying to avoid someone else in the future being in that situation absolutely and that kind of brings me to we're a financial planning firm clearly we're talking money and dollars and cents with our clients but a big part of these family wealth planning conversations or meetings or you know when you're putting together the plan for the family to talk about the next generations we already hit upon that oftentimes we're not quantifying or you know pulling out their net worth statement Maybe why don't we share a little bit? We talked about the charity, but even talking about how do we how do you coach the parents or grandparents on you know what are your values what how do you want to either share those, continue to instill or pass along to the next generation of your family unit?
3: The first thing that I always start with is asking them questions about themselves, and when you start to ask them questions about do you like to travel? what is it that you know makes you feel passionate uh what are your hobbies uh do you tell me about your family both you know your siblings as well as your children or grandchildren and you start to get an understanding of what's important to those people so if somebody says to me you know i i went to school on a scholarship and i really am passionate about making sure that other kids have that opportunity or, you know, I am a, I'm a runner and I want to make sure that there's, you know, girls in the game and things like that, that they will participate in those healthy activities. So you, you start to get a flavor for what is important to them or what, you know, as they like to say, what's your jam. And once you get that, you understand, like, then you start to say, how do you want to support those things? Um, is there a particular charity that you might want to join forces with that you would like to, you know, support both financially? And it's not just treasure; it's time and talent as well. So, if somebody says to me, you know, I'm on the board of a charity, what does that look like? You know, is that something that you want to continue to support with your assets, either now? Because you know a donor advised fund doesn't have to wait until you're gone in order to be supporting a charity. It can just be your own pet projects. So I think that that's how you start those conversations. And once you figure out what's important to them, you ask them if their children also share those same interests and passions. So and then once you kind of get that idea, well, if the kids are kind of of a like mind then you can start to say, have you had those conversations with them? And if they don't share those same interests, you can still say, have you had those conversations with them and made them aware that this is really important to you and you want to keep supporting that. You want to have them keep supporting that in your when you're gone. Absolutely.
2: Well, Mary Beth, I I really um, appreciate you coming in and sharing not only your time and wisdom, but some of your shared experiences of how you have helped your clients, um, you know, start to have and continue to have these difficult yet so gratifying and important conversations um, with the rest of their family. And before we go ahead and uh, wrap up our topic today, I always ask each of my guests the same question. And that is, if you could live anywhere in the world, you know, no time constraints, no money constraints, nothing like holding you back from doing it, where would it be and why?
3: Well, I guess the first thing I would say is the best place for me to live is where my family and my friends are. So Right now, that's Elmhurst, Illinois, because everybody that I care a great deal about is basically around me. We have some siblings that are located out of state, but we try and see them. but if if I was able to take all those people with me, I would be on the QE two. and uh, the <laughs> going around the world, just floating and seeing everything that there is to see, including Africa. All the Seven Continents would be great, but that's what I would love to do. Well, that but, sounds amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, well, let's just see. I'll have to put that on my bucket list. All right. I hope there's room for me. Yes, there will be. <laughs> Thank
2: you. All right. Well, thanks again for sharing some time, a few ways to begin the conversation, and certainly that it's you know an ongoing conversation and it's never too late to start it. Great. Nice to be with
3: you. Thank you for having me.
1: Nicole and Marybeth, this has been fantastic. Again, Nicole, I'm always going to ask this question of you. The listening audience is gaining a ton, as am I. And I bet there's a lot of folks with more questions and maybe some ideas of, hey, this is something we haven't done. I'd like to do that. What's the best way to get a hold of you and your team?
2: Yeah, that's a great question, because as with many things that we talk about, um, it is going to be unique or individualized to you and your family. So we do. We would love to have that conversation. Uh, the best way to reach Mary Beth or anyone else on our team, uh, you can go to our website at www.myprivatevista.com. In the upper right-hand corner, there'll be a Contact Us button or you can call us at 312-831-4370 and either Sue or Lorena will answer your call and they'll be able to direct you again to Mary Beth or someone else on our team.
1: Fantastic, again to both of you, fantastic podcast. Thank you so much for your time. And of course, to you, the listening audience, thank you for tuning in and listening to the dollars and cents podcast with Nicole Robito. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way when Nicole comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review as this actually helps others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Private Vista, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Dollars and Cents Creating Your Fulfilled Life with Nicole Romito, sponsored by Private Vista. Visit our website at www.myprivatevista.com or give us a call at 312 831 4370. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Private Vista is a group comprised of investment professionals registered with Tower Advisors LLC an SEC-registered investment advisor. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is neither indicative nor a guarantee of future results. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data or other information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other data or information contained in this presentation is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. Private Vista and Hightower Advisors, LLC. Or any of its affiliates make no representations or warranties expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for statements or errors or omissions, or results obtained from the use of this information. Private Vista and High Tower Advisors LLC assume no liability for action made or taken in reliance on or relating in any way to this information. The information is provided as of the date referenced. Such data and other information are subject to changes without notice. This was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the authors and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates.